to Entertainment Now on UMI Radio, WUMEDB New York. This show takes you beyond the music, dance, box office and thrills. For deeper and more meaningful insights into the minds and hearts of the players, we share stories about pop culture, celebrities, and everything entertainment, but with education and empowerment in mind. It's all about positive entertainment. Here is today's hot topic. Today's hot topics. The Will Smith interview on Good Morning America, Portia Williams's Family Matters, and her huge gesture to her mom and SAG nomination for King Richard. Let's begin. In his new memoir, Will, the actor 53, delves into the most personal details of his life, from his relationship with Jada Pinkett Smith to his at times traumatic childhood in Philadelphia. Smith said that his father, who died in 2016, was abusive toward his mother, and that dynamic affected him for years. Smith tried to bury those painful memories, and he never discussed them with his mother until he decided to write his book. This book doesn't waste any time. Uh, right. <laughs> I mean, you don't waste any time. Yeah, page, page one, okay, chapter here we go. one, line chapter one. one. <laughs> Let me just read this bit. What you have come to understand as Will Smith, the alien annihilating MC, the bigger than life movie star, is largely a construction, a carefully crafted and honed character designed to protect myself, to hide myself from the world, to hide the coward. Uh, my father was abusive with my mother, and uh, I was probably nine, and I watched my father beat up my mother, and I was too scared to do anything. And just on my young mind, it became imprinted, you know, it's like, what kind of kid stands there and lets somebody hit their mother and they don't do anything? For the actor, the truth matters. It's why he's tried to be open about the hurt he's experienced in his life, and it's at the root of how he intends to conduct himself in the future. This story is courtesy of GoodMorningAmerica.com. That's how you help out your own, Portia Williams reveals she left her home to her mom. Portia Williams revealed on January 5th that she is officially moving out of her Duluth mansion. The reality star first purchased the residence in 2016 for $1.15 million. According to Realtor.com, the 5,920-square-foot property has five bedrooms, five-and-a-half bathrooms, five fireplaces, top-of-the-line appliances, and is even a part of a golf community. This story was written by Diamond Jun and is courtesy of AtlantaBlackStar.com. According to the article published on January 12, Portia Williams disclosed that she gifted her mother her former house as she moves into a new home with her fiancé Simon Gobadia. In an Instagram post that included an image of her former residence, Williams also disclosed in the caption that she is giving the mansion to her mother Diane Williams in addition to moving out. She wrote, New Start. Moving day congratulations, mommy, at MS Diane Official, now you can move all the furniture and decorate just how you want lol. The Porsche Family Matters star added how much of a blessing it was to give her mom her former home. If you all know fabulous mama Diane, then you know she is about to show out. It's such a blessing to be able to do something like this, God is so good. One fan wrote in response to the post. This is beautiful Portia. I just love you and your mother's relationship. What a blessing. CNN Entertainment reports 
that Will Smith has been nominated for outstanding performance by a male actor in a leading role for King Richard. In an article on edition.cnn.com, the actor is quoted saying, I am humbled and honored that the Williams family trusted me with their story and that my fellow actors have given our film such a warm reception. Getting to walk in Richard's shoes and having the opportunity not only to show the world how misunderstood he was, but also to illuminate the true plight of this family as they paved their own road to becoming two of the most iconic names in sports history. And to get to do it with this absolutely beautiful cast of actors, Anjanu John, Tony and the powerhouse performances by two of the best young actors I've ever seen on film, Sania and Demi. I'm beyond grateful for this experience, for this ensemble cast being recognized, and I'm mostly proud to play a small part in shining further light and love on the Williams family. According to BlackPast.org, Josephine Baker is remembered by most people as the flamboyant African-American entertainer who earned fame and fortune in Paris in the 1920s. Yet through much of her later life, Baker became a vocal opponent of segregation and discrimination often initiating one-woman protests against racial injustice. In 1963, at the age of 57, Baker flew in from France, her adopted homeland, to appear before the largest audience in her career, the 250,000 gathered at the March on Washington. Wearing her uniform of the French resistance of which she was active in World War II, she and Daisy Bates were the only women to address the audience. Baker spoke just before Dr. Martin Luther King gave his, I have a dream oration. Josephine Baker, the life story you may not know. Thanks to Stacker.com. To celebrate her political, professional, and personal accomplishments, Stacker curated a list of 25 facts from her life that some fans may not know. Sources researched include Britannica, ThoughtCo, documentaries, newspaper articles, Baker's estate, and other online resources. Josephine Baker's rise from a child street performer on the impoverished streets of St. Louis to one of the most successful black artists of her time is a thrilling life tale. She lived a life that defied odds, building her career during the Harlem Renaissance before taking off to Paris. It was there that she began to thrive as a civil rights activist, performer, and even a French World War II spy without the constraints of the systemic racism she grew up with. In August of 2021, it was announced that Baker would be inducted into France's pantheon, with soils from France, Monaco, and the US, all significant locations throughout the star's life, being brought to rest with some of France's most honored and prominent people November 30th. She is the first black woman to receive the honor. At the request of Baker's family, the performer's remains will stay in Monaco. France is honoring the U.S.-born 20th-century singer and activist, Josephine Baker, with a place in the Pantheon on Tuesday. She's the first black woman to be remembered in the resting place of France's national heroes, through her work on civil rights and for the resistance during the Second World War, the BBC reported on November 30, 2021. 1906, a star is born in St. Louis. Josephine Baker was born on June 3, 1906, in St. Louis, as Frida Josephine McDonald, to Carrie McDonald, an adoptee of a formerly enslaved couple. Her father's identity is widely disputed by some, but her estate lists drummer Eddie Carson as her father. 
Baker's mother later remarried and had three more children. 1918, she danced in the streets. Baker spent her early years developing street savvy in St. Louis's low-income, Mill Valley neighborhood. She had dropped out of school at 12 and danced in the streets for survival cash. At age 13, she took on a waitressing job at the Old Chauffeur's Club and did domestic work for white families. 1910s and 1920s, teenage marriages and stage name. Her first of several marriages, during her lifetime, came at 13, when she married a man named Willie Wells. The marriage dissolved within a year, and she was married again at 15, to William Howard Baker. She was a traveling vaudeville performer, and eventually divorced him, however, she kept his surname for professional use. 1919, Dixie Steppers, and Chorus Girl Routine. According to the documentary, Josephine Baker, the first black superstar, Baker began performing with a black vaudeville group called the Dixie Steppers. This led to her joining the touring company of the musical, Shuffle Along, and lightening her skin to fit a racist beauty standard. Baker was the comedic relief in dance numbers as the chorus girl on the end of the line who couldn't quite figure out the dance steps. But by the show's encore, she figured out those steps and did them better than the rest of the troupe. 1923, Baker, in the Harlem Renaissance. Baker landed in New York at the beginning of the famous Harlem Renaissance. She appeared in the Broadway version of Shuffle Along and eventually in the Chocolate Dandies. After more than a year of appearing in these shows, her distinctive dance style and talent brought Baker her own billing, often being referred to as the highest paid chorus girl in the world. 1925, Baker moves to Paris. At 19 and believing that she had accomplished all that she could in the United States as a dancer, Baker made her way to Paris to dance for the Théâtre de Champ Elysees in La Revue Niger. The show featured all black performers. Baker performed the Don Savage a pas de deux with partner Joe Alex and became a popular entertainer in France. Her uninhibited dancing style and fervor were unlike anything white audiences had ever seen. 1920s, Baker's Unorthodox Pets. Baker had an affinity for both domesticated and exotic pets. She had dogs, cats and fish, but her pet cheetah, named Chiquita, and her pig, named Albert, caught a lot of attention. Chiquita would often perform with Baker on stage. 1926, Birth of the Banana Skirt. In Paris, her uniqueness won her a starring spot at the Music Hall, Folies Bergera, where she crafted her iconic performance of dancing in a banana-adorned G-string. The now iconic look has been duplicated by artists like Beyoncé in tribute to Baker. Her nearly nude performances caused a stir among audiences, with some loving it and others condemning her shows. 1927, groundbreaking black woman stars in movie. Baker was one of the first black stars to appear as a lead in a film. Siren of the Tropics, a silent French film, features her as a West Indies native and dancer who follows a businessman back to France. 1928, The Josephine Baker Duel. Baker's allure was undeniable with her rise to French fame. But there was actually a duel fought over her in Budapest, Hungary. In 1928, Captain Andrews Lovoidi, 
of the Hungarian military, got into a fight with her manager and lover Giuseppe Pepito Abatino for eyeballing Baker. The latter, who called himself a count, challenged Zlovoidi to a duel with swords. They fought for about 10 minutes while Baker looked on, before she made them stop. Abatino was injured but the pair eventually settled their differences. 1929, Baker's historic and controversial Yugoslavia visit. Continuing her tour and her relationship with Abatino through Central Europe, Baker visited Belgrade, Yugoslavia. At the time, Baker was the first black star to visit and perform in the country. She honored the country's traditions in her performances and donated a part of her earnings to Serbian children. Baker and Abatino never married. 1937, Baker obtains French citizenship. Baker, one of the first prominent African-American performers to move to France, endured racism in her native United States that did not exist in France. After a return to the United States to perform again, a disappointing starring role in the 1936 remake of Ziegfeld Follies pushed her to become a French citizen. She married Jean Lyon, a French industrialist, but the couple divorced in 1940. 1939, a World War II military spy and shelter. Baker's popularity and access to high-ranking officials through her work led to an unexpected mission. In 1939, a French military agency tapped Baker to gather intelligence during her soirees and report back to give France an advantage. When Nazi German troops invaded France, Baker housed people who were helping the free French government forces at her home, the Chateau de Milans. This resistance took her all around Europe and later to French colonies in North Africa. General Charles de Gaulle made her a Chevalier of the Legion of Honor and she received the Croix de Guerre Award for her contributions. 1947, Purchase of Chateau de Milans. In 1947, Baker purchased her rental residence, the Chateau de Milans, a sprawling castle, to showcase her status and wealth. It has been reported to include the chateau, a bakery, a jazz club, and motel. It remained her homestead, for herself and her children, until the late 1960s, when she lost it due to mounting debts. The castle became a museum, with a few of Baker's belongings, including a banana skirt, on display. 1940s to 1970s, final marriage and rumored relationships. Her fourth marriage to composer and conductor, Joe Bullion, lasted from 1947 until 1961. However, Baker was known for several rumored extramarital relationships with both men and women. Her rumored relationships included singer Clara Smith, actress Mildred Smallwood, and artist Frida Kahlo, among others. Her platonic partnership with Robert Brady came in the 1970s, during the final years of her life. 1951, newfound American fame. Baker spent the rest of her life as a French citizen, but that didn't mean she forgot about her American roots. She returned to the United States, specifically Miami, for an engagement at the Copa City nightclub. She fought to appear for an integrated audience and won. Baker's success had her traveling America for a short while in a string of successful shows. She famously continued to refuse to do any show in a city that called for segregated audiences. 
1951, Josephine Baker Day. Her work with the NAACP, and as a civil rights activist, led to the organization designating May 20th as Josephine Baker Day in 1951. Baker also took the title of the NAACP's Woman of the Year in 1963, following her speech at the March on Washington. 1951, Communist Accusations and Return to France Baker's return to America, after years in France, was cut short after she got into a verbal and written scuffle with journalist Walter Winchell for not supporting her denouncement of the NYC-based Stork Club's racist discrimination against her and other black people. Winchell accused her of being a communist, which led to the termination of her work visa for nearly 10 years. 1953, Baker adopts the first of many children. It started in 1953. Baker adopted 12 children from Algeria, Colombia, Finland, France, Israel, the Ivory Coast, Korea, Morocco, Japan, and Venezuela. It was her effort to prove that people from different walks of life could live and grow together in harmony. The Rainbow Tribe consisted of two daughters and 10 sons. The children would often travel with her and appear on tours of her expansive home, for which she charged admission. Baker herself became Roman Catholic, but her children were raised under several religions. 1963, Civil Rights Era, Activism Baker was involved in the civil rights movement, publicly speaking up about racist and exclusionary laws in America. She spoke at the 1963 March on Washington the only woman officially slated for a speech. And now, to show the international character of the struggle in which we are currently engaged, I would like to introduce to you a person who, though far in residence from our shores, has come all the way from her home to be with us today Miss Josephine Baker. I want you to know that this is the happiest day of my entire life. And as you all must know, I have had a very long life, and I'm 60 years old. <laughs> the results today of seeing you all together is a sight for sore eyes. <laughs> You're together as salt and pepper, just as you should be just as I've always wanted you to be, and peoples of the world have always wanted you to be. <laughs> you are a united people, at last, because without unity, there cannot be any victory. <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad that in my homeland, in my homeland where I was born and love and respect, 
I'm glad to see this day come to pass. This day because you are on the eve of complete victory. <laughs> and tomorrow, time will do the rest. I want you to know also how proud I am to be here today. And after so many long years of struggle, fighting here and elsewhere for your rights, our rights, the rights of humanity, the rights of man. <laughs> I'm glad that you have accepted me to come. <laughs> I didn't ask you, I didn't have to. I just came because it was my duty. And I'm going to say again, you are on the eve of complete victory. <laughs> you continue on. You can't go wrong. The world is behind you. Her words drew comparisons between France, where she could live freely, as a black woman, and America, where she was refused service for her race. Following Martin Luther King's death in 1968, Baker declined an offer from his widow, Coretta Scott King, to lead the movement due to the demands of her children. 1966, performance for Fidel Castro. Controversial political figure, Fidel Castro, invited Baker to perform in Havana to celebrate the seventh anniversary of his revolution. Her show at the Teatro Musical de la Habana broke records, a full circle moment, after Havana Post editor, Clara Pacino, tried to have the performer barred from visiting the country. 1968, Royal Connections pay off for Baker. It's no secret that Baker knew countless high-profile people on a first-name basis. This includes actress Grace Kelly, who later became Princess of Monaco. The pair first met in 1951 and remained good friends for decades. Kelly supported Baker once after she was refused service at an establishment and in 1968 gave her financial help and a residence near Monaco when she could no longer maintain the Chateau de Milan's. 1968, later career moves. Baker had retired from the stage after adopting her 12 children but returned to performing at the Olympia in Paris in 1968 following her financial troubles. Subsequent performances included Carnegie Hall in New York in 1973 and the London Palladium in 1974. By this point, Baker had been performing for decades and still drew large crowds. 1975, Baker's declining health and last performance. The costs of performing and age changed the way Baker could perform. Nevertheless, she celebrated her 50 years in the business in the musical Josephine Abobino 1975, on April 8, 1975. Her performance led to excellent reviews and brought out high-profile people like Princess Grace, Mick Jagger, Diana Ross, and Liza Minnelli. Josephine Baker was the girl who left St. Louis to come to Europe to find freedom. Baker had fled segregation in Missouri and was enchanted with the freedom and acceptance she found in France but there was racism here too, both in her roles on stage and in her daily life. Madam Josephine, 
Speaking to the BBC years later, she explained how she fought against it, adopting 12 children from around the world that she nicknamed her Rainbow Tribe. These children represent an example of real brotherhood. They show to people that it is possible to live together if we so wish to. 1975, death and full French military honors. On April 12, 1975, Baker was found lying on her bed in a cerebral hemorrhage-induced coma. She was surrounded by newspapers of her performance's excellent reviews. Baker later died at the Pitti Salpetriere Hospital at 68. She had a Roman Catholic funeral and full military honors, a first for an American-born woman. Baker is buried at the Cimetière de Monaco in Monaco. And now for today's Spotlight. Yumi Radio was originally founded in 2009. Back then, it was called Advanced Media Production. After winning first place in the Jamaica Broilers Fair Play Awards, the company seized operations around 2012. In December 2018 the company was rebranded and brought back into operations with new ownership, and in February 2019, it launched its first radio station, Yumi Radio, under the call sign, WUME, DD, New York. Yumi Radio is a digital radio station, owned and operated, by UME Digital Media Inc., a digital studio and multimedia company, headquartered in Bronx, New York. Our brands are committed to inspiring, educating, and entertaining people, through transformative and empowering content. Our mission is to reach 1 million households, touch 1 million lives, and showcase 1 million brands. Get the Yumi Radio app for the full experience, available via your Apple and Google Play stores. If you want to listen on the web, you may go to app.yumiradio.com or via our website at www.umeradio.com. Our content can be watched on Kareeb Vision. You can also listen in via Amazon Music, iTunes, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Google Podcast, Podbean, TuneU, Live 365, Spotify Stitcher Player FM Listen Notes. For all business inquiries, contact us at info at yumiradio.com. This station is 100% community funded. To support us, please visit yumiradio.com forward slash get involved. Subscribe on YouTube, Instagram, and everywhere online at UME Radio. Thank you for supporting us. Yumi Radio, positive entertainment 24-7.